What's happening, Wannabe Nation? I'm Scott. And I'm Sarah. And if you're listening for the first time and wondering, what the heck is a wannabe? Well, here it is. It's you. It's me. And we all share a common space. You know that space between who you are and who you want to be? Well, that's the wannabe space. And it's within that space that we talk about all things life, love, people, hard topics, deep topics, funny topics, and most importantly, Jesus. Because who doesn't want to be more like Jesus? And as you will find, it really just takes a little bit of curiosity and time to get started. So, whether you're driving in your car, walking the dog, or sitting down on the couch with your favorite cup of coffee, know this. We truly believe it's no accident that you're here. And if you like where the conversation goes, we would love it if you did two things. Subscribe and share. Subscribe so you get the latest episodes available with a simple click. And then share. Share it with someone you know who would love to be a part of Wannabe Nation. A space where you can simply sit and chat about what it means to finally be who you were created to be. So welcome, friend. We're so glad you're joining us today. Morning, Sarah. Good morning, Scott. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for asking. We're uh, we're plodding along. We had a great conversation last time about Scott, and I woke yeah. up this morning thinking to myself, oh, "We're talking about Sarah today. <laughs> this is gonna be so much fun." Because, ladies and gentlemen, in Wannabe Nation, we all know, or maybe you don't know, Sarah loves talking about herself. As much as you do. As much as I do, <laughs> which is not <laughs> at all. But I think, um, I think your story, uh, just like everyone's story out there, is unique. And I think the opportunity to share it is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And so we're, it's, it was in the vein of... Uh, the blind man of, you know, the, he, he, his eyes being awake and he's like, all I know is that I once was blind, but now I see. Mm-hmm. So uh, in last episode, we, we had a fun interaction between you and I of seeing and, and one contact and how you actually have, you should be wearing glasses, but you don't <laughs> wear glasses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Um, when you don't wear your glasses, does something happen to you? Like, do you get a headache or anything like that? I'm just curious. No, I think, I mean, it's been so long now that there's really no effect. I, I, I mentioned that my depth perception is a little off, which actually affects my, like, night vision. So, like, night driving can be a little wonky, especially if it's, like, raining. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, don't get in a car um, with Sarah Burt if she's driving It's not that night. I can't see. It just, I, I feel the depth perception weirdness more Hmm. pronounced at night i don't know i don't know how to explain that or why that is i know nothing about the science of vision do you like cover one on the eye no i don't it's not bad at all like i can i can see you know great both distance and close it's just because one eye is different the depth perception thing is it throws off that yeah but i'm like used to it at this point so actually i think if i went and got a contact now i'd probably have to adjust to It'd take me a bit. You'd be walking. I remember those days when you, you know, they'd adjust your prescription and they're yeah. like, try these. And I'd be like, try them on. And I'm like, what oh. is going on right now? Why, why can't I feel like I'm stepping and I'm already hitting the ground? I know. You feel like your eyeballs are bulging yeah. out of your head. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, I was just curious and mm-hmm. we didn't get a chance to get to that last time. Yeah. I'm not that broken. <laughs> Wait a second. Does that mean I'm broken? <laughs> <laughs> I can't see. I mean, I take these glasses off and I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of, you know, outlines of things. Okay, seriously. So here's the thing. Uh, we learned in the last episode that, you know, my story um, with, in relationship to God started a little bit later in life. And the really 
I'm really excited to have a conversation with you about yours. <laughs> it's fantastic. The fun thing about you is that you've, you've, it seems like your life has always been antiquated to faith. Yeah. Yeah. So when I, I think I mentioned this before, when I was a baby, my parents like really uh, became Christians, leaned into chasing after God. Like he found them when I was a baby. And so then I grew up with two parents who were pretty on fire and lit up about their faith and what God was doing in their lives. And so. So talk to me, like, what was your household like? Like, what did you like, you know, I mean, I could go like, what did you do? What yeah. was it like? Yeah. Um, I mean, we were, it was, it was pretty simple in my earliest years. We didn't have a lot. My parents were really young. Um, but I remember one of the things they invested in was like a stereo system. You know, like it was like in a cart with little wheels on it. It had like multiple levels of like, like the radio and the speakers and then a tape deck. Yes. Put like two tapes in your record. Like it was like, I mean, that was like a huge thing. But I remember being in the living room with my mom and she's musical. Unfortunately, I did not get that gene. Um, But she likes saying she's she has since learned to play the guitar and the bass and. Wow, she's like a one one woman show. <laughs> but uh, I can remember dancing around the living room singing songs with like Sandy Patty and Amy Grant and mm. Michael W. Smith and you know some of all of that in the in the eighties, the Christian music of the eighties. And so, yeah, that's that's a huge part of like how I grew up. I grew up um, saturated with Christian music, seeing my mom every single morning of my life, like with her Bible in a chair, hmm. um, spending time with God. Um, hearing my dad pray over us, like, uh, you know, they both were involved in the church and Bible studies. And it just, yeah, it, it's just something I've always seen. It's always been in my day-to-day life. Yeah. I think it's so, it's, it's neat. So the idea of, uh, finding your chair every morning, Mm -hmm. how embedded that was, how embedded that was in, in you Mm -hmm. because of mom. It was literally her chair. Like, hmm. you know, like she'd have a little stand and it would have all of her, whatever she was in, like her Bible and papers and a pen and, you know, there'd be a blanket on it. Like it just was mom's chair. And she still like has, even though that we've changed houses several times in my lifetime, but there's always this one chair. That's cool. Yeah. That's really, really cool. And that's just a neat, I don't know. I mean, think about it as a kid walking around, you always, you always knew it was there. So you had to be taking a peek every once in a while, like there it is. Yeah. There's, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> Running down early in the morning. What if mom's up? Oh, she's up there yep. again. She really is consistent. <laughs> he couldn't beat her out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> she was always first. So the interesting thing about the difference in our stories is sometimes I talk to people who've always grown up in a house of faith, who just yeah. from birth, they, you know, just came out of the womb praising Jesus. Uh, and and there's there's moments of people like, I just wish I had that, like that moment. Yeah. Do you ever... Oh, yeah, I definitely felt like that at various times of my life of like there was no clear like I well, I think of the blind man like if I to think like, oh, he had such a stark like I was blind. Jesus walked up. Now I see. Yeah. Um, My own grandfather, my mom's dad was like an alcoholic and it was a very clear like I once was an alcoholic he met Jesus and the next day he was Hmm. freed of that, you know, like just such a clear. And I think, Oh, like I don't have, that's not Hmm. my story. And there have been times when I've been like, like, well, who wants to hear my story? Cause it doesn't sound that powerful. Hmm. Right. Um, but I have since learned and grown to understand that like 
just in reading the story of scripture and the Bible from cover to cover and the story that God has written there and left for us. And then the story that he writes in all of our lives, like they're unique and purposeful and they belong to him. And so to, to think less of my story is to think less of the author. And that's, that's pretty lame. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, so yeah, like pivoting then and looking at it from his position of, I am so thankful. I'm so thankful that this is my story and I want it to be used for his glory. And what does that look like? So that's more of the tack that I have then taken later. That's cool. <laughs> Maybe the last decade of my life. Rich, which is where I want to get to at some point, because I yeah. think um, you, you often you hear, I mean, everybody has wayward moments in their faith walk Absolutely. kind of thing. Yep. Uh, whether it's the rebellious teenage years or you go off to college and, you know, the college experience wraps you up or it's in your 20, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that there's there's something to be said about someone who can who can walk through that and come out the other side, you know, more rooted uh, because of that waywardness. It teaches a little bit about the extent of the vastness of God's love for you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that we didn't talk about necessarily too far about waywardness with my story, but it, you know, was there a moment? Was there a moment? And you know, was there a block of time where you're just like, ah, you know what this this whole Jesus thing is old. that's a good question i i don't think that that was the thought ever at the end of my college years there were some significant hurts that happened um and in the time i i didn't have the clarity of mind or or the wisdom discernment to like recognize how wounded i was yeah um and, and would have benefited for counseling mentor or something but just didn't have the wisdom to mm. understand what that meant. Yeah. So a brief advertising moment <laughs> oh, for fun. go see a counselor. Everybody <laughs> yes. should have somebody. Yeah. That is, I mean, yeah. there's no, there's no shame. There's no anything in, in seeking help and having conversations with people. But yeah. anyway, um, so at the end of my college years in a couple of different ways. So um, hurt by a boy, I mean, classic, just... like broken heart, those darn boys, boys. <laughs> um, but also had a, a really pretty traumatic year. Um, I played volleyball in college. It was three quarters, three out of my four years were awesome. One year was really bad. Hmm. And uh, that that left some some scars and some wounds that I couldn't quite figure out. And it was actually in the same year then that the boy thing happened. Hmm. So it was like this junior year of college thing was really <laughs> left some deep wounds. Um, yeah. And so then I graduated from college. And of course, upon graduating, you you like you come unplugged from whatever community you establish, whatever, right? And it's like this whole new thing. Yeah. And without knowing it, I, I went into that period of time. I didn't move closer to family. I moved further away. So I was alone and broken in a lot of ways. Hmm. Um, and so it wasn't that I walked away from my faith. I just, I felt, if I could like paint the picture right now, like I'm not artistic at all. <laughs> But I do feel like God has given me more pictures lately. Like, it was just complete fog. Oh, there you go again with an analogy. Yeah, like I just couldn't, I couldn't see Mm. and I couldn't hear. And I just was trying to like stumble along. And, And like, I didn't like love God any less. I just got really lost and didn't know how. Yeah, I just like lost my way. Didn't know how to to keep pursuing him and just kept wondering 
like why what was wrong with me hmm. I, th- I felt like i was there was something wrong with me that i was broken that i was damaged and i made some you know not smart choices and as we all do sure at oh times. yeah yeah um and that just left me feeling ashamed like i should know better than to be dumb and yeah so then i added shame as a, another layer of baggage and brokenness to me hmm. and thus <laughs> thus i entered my <laughs> Mid and late twenties, really, in a pretty dark place. Yeah, but then something happened. Yeah, and so I and this is the part. This is the part of your story where I think I know a little bit more about. Yeah. Um. And just to see who you are now, mm-hmm. and just to hear this, this, you know, that that catal that catalytic moment, mm-hmm. you know, for or, or you know, moments for you. So you're in a fog. How yeah. how how did how did Sarah get out of the fog? Yeah. So it was several unhealthy years, um, and somewhere in the midst of that, I I'm just like, God has been so kind to me. He has led me to places that I would not have been smart enough to go. Um, and so he literally miraculously led me back to uh, Northwest Pennsylvania, which I never thought I was coming back to. But um, I was not a certified teacher coming out of college, decided to get certified to teach. Um, and there's like five Spanish teachers, you know, in the county. I mean, like each school has one. Sure. Right. <laughs> right? There's not many. Right. And I miraculously got a job to teach Spanish um, locally. Hmm. And that wasn't an accident. So it brought me closer to my family, which was a huge part of the healing process for me. But what happened was I moved into a new apartment and it was a sunny August day. And I walked across the street to a church called grace. And, um, it like, I sat down and just the word of God was speaking to me that morning. Um, and then I met a woman named Miriam, um, Hmm. and it just completely changed the directory of my life. And again, if I was painting a picture, the next, that neck, that frame would just be just a, just a beam of light coming through that fog, Hmm. right? Like a something. And again, that's the kindness of God, like random apartment that I chose and it happened to be across the street, you know, like none of those things are coincidences. These are, yeah. Yeah. Him doing something that I was clueless about at the time. And so I think that's, um, that's just, I don't know if you, if I wish you all had the the chance to interact with Sarah, like face to face and and just to watch her, her faith journey and her her walk out her faith now, knowing that she's been so formed and knowing that you've been so formed by, by those instances that, you know, you talked about in your dark period, but also how he gripped your heart, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that August day kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, and so the the thought it was funny i was driving in this morning and great is thy faithfulness Mm, came on i was just like oh that's so funny that we're talking about faithfulness today but it's there's just it brought up to this idea of you know the question that i really wanted to ask you and I'm, i'm glad we're gonna have some time to do it is how has he revealed his faithfulness to you from that moment on yeah and how has it shaped you yeah so part of it would be just that he started opening my eyes to his faithfulness through all of my life, starting with the fact that like he, he saved my parents when I was a baby. And that's part of my, that's in part of my story. Of course that's theirs and he's working something in them, but that also becomes part of my story and that he 
essentially picked me up from that moment forward. And that I can look back and see that even in the fog, he was faithful. Mm. He was right there. Like I couldn't see, but he, in so many ways, he was, he was right there. He was protecting me. He was, again, leading me to things that I wasn't smart enough to like choose on, on my own. But on the backside, you recognize mm. it. Absolutely. Now looking back, I can see. And so like, I, I feel like varying moments in our lives, we have the choice of railing against God for all the seeming ways in which he's let us down or let us drift away or let hurt and brokenness come into our lives. Mm -hmm. Or I can take a different perspective and recognize that through all of that hurt and through all of that brokenness, he, he was absolutely right there the whole time. And in his kindness, he kept, he kept leading me to a next right step, whether or not I chose <laughs> a good choice wasn't always, you know, but like in his kindness and his love and his faithfulness. And I use the word kindness a lot. I don't, that's just, something that's really settled into my soul in the last couple of years of like the kindness of God hmm. um, that's attached, of course, to the rest of his character, his love and faithfulness, but um, in leading me. And so it was also in his kindness that like I recognized I'm a very solitary creature and don't mind being alone. However, I knew that I needed somebody. Like I finally realized like, oh, I should probably be like, meeting with people <laughs> who love Jesus and like learning something from them. <laughs> this isolation thing isn't all it's cracked, cracked up to no. be. And so uh, I don't know how long into being at the church. I remember I, I did attend, a, uh, they had done a Sunday school class about finances and stuff. And I was like, you know, you know, they talked about small groups and I was like, maybe I should try to be a part of a small group. And I tried to get connected to one and the like daytime didn't work. And this is how I got connected to Miriam and talking to her and, she randomly one day called me and was like, hey, we have uh, seven young ladies in their 20s looking to be in a women's group, and we don't have one, but there are seven of you. And at that time, you filled out this like lengthy application to be in a, in a small oh, group. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it just asked questions like about you. And like one of the questions was, have you ever been part of a group or led one before? And I had helped lead a group in college with some friends and teammates in mm. college. So I wrote it down because it asked the question and I wanted to be honest. Yeah. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> so she's like, hey, you said it. I was like, no, 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 no. If you knew what the last four or five years of my life have been like, you would not be asking me to lead anything. <sighs> and I, I mean, my immediate instinct was absolutely not. There is no way I could lead anybody right now. Like I knew I had the, I had the wisdom to recognize that I was not in a good place spiritually, yeah. but I wanted to be. And that's why I wanted to be part of another, like go somewhere where they right. would pour into me. And I spent a couple of days, she just asked me to pray about it. And then she said, well, can we meet and talk about it? And you can decide after. And so meeting with her and just talking with her. And I, I, I don't think at that point I was completely honest about where I was. Right. Because <laughs> I also have this thing of like, I want to please people. Yeah. And I'm a rule follower. Yeah. I want to be good. Um, but she kind of convinced me through the Holy Spirit, I believe, to say yes. And mm -hmm. so I said yes. And she gave me six names and phone numbers. And I cried between every phone call <laughs> like <laughs> figure out I so much i like people. about you <laughs> i mean literally i was just like a ball of anxiety about this whole thing called all these girls and was just like do you, like <laughs> do you, you want to want to join my group <laughs> so convincing oh, it was so it's sales sales and marketing are right up your wheelhouse oh right yeah no it was a total disaster but <laughs> 
I mean, I, you know, I could lead you through all the details of that, but jumping forward to that, like I, I absolutely knew going into that. I was like, God, I, there is nothing about me that's mm-hmm. ready for this that can do that. Like what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you sure? You, you and gotta so, have, yeah. Yeah. And so just was like, okay. And, and all of us were just, in, we were all in a really hungry place. And we recognize that to me, it's so different. The seven, like we weren't all alike. We didn't all have the same background, history, whatever. I think I was older than everybody by a couple of years, at least <laughs> at that point. And it, but hunger, hunger for God and hunger to grow and hunger for his word. And so we, we just dove in and started doing it. I don't remember what all the first studies were, but I just had this real strong sense of like, if I'm going to lead a conversation, mm. I had better be like it held me accountable to I'm going to sit down every day, like thinking about my mom. That's what she did every day without fail. And it wasn't that I never did that. I did go through periods of consistency and inconsistency, but this gave me a real like reason outside of myself. And oh my gosh, Scott. Sorry, I'm trying not to cry. (laughs) I, again, in God's kindness, Like reading the Bible is hard, right? Mm -hmm. It's not always the most fun book and exciting reading. And you hear a lot of people say that it's boring and whatever. And I can agree with that to some extent. (laughs) It can be hard. But man, then the kindness of God, the gift that he gave me was just like, I, I fell in love with it. I just fell in love. And there had been a, there had been some of that when I was in high school, but at this particular time in my late twenties, just. I just, I heard all of it. I heard all of it. Every word he, every word he wanted to say in that fog completely lifted. And it was just the discovery of who he was and who I was in his sight. And so I can say that like, like the blind man said, I was blind and now I see. I can look at that and be like, I was so broken and and now I'm whole and it's a hundred percent because of just the truth of the word that he spoke over me in that time. And I, you know, there's ups and downs. This isn't like sure. sunshine and roses sure. the rest of the way story. Sure. Um but that's an unforgettable thing that then is a foundation for moving forward. Like yeah. I just I I won't turn back from his word ever. Ever. So my my um my my prayer coming in this morning was like, all right, God, like there's so many of us here at Grace that have, have have the privilege and honor of knowing your story and hearing your heart on a, you know, a daily to weekly basis. And my prayer was get, can we get, get, get us to, get us to the spot where the people that listen to this can feel what we feel when we're around Sarah, <laughs> that we can see what we see when we're around Sarah. And you just did that. <laughs> and I think that's the thing that is so much fun to interact with because, you know, in in the last however many years that, you know, we've been friends, I'm just like, man, Sarah loves Jesus. Mm. Like, and, and you can tell, like, I think of, um, I think of Moses going, I'm not going to compare you to Moses. <laughs> Maybe Miriam. I mean, Miriam. <laughs> <laughs> But the idea of Moses, you know, having to you know, cover his face when he mm. came away from the Lord because it was it was just radiant and oh, glowing. Yeah. And 
how in sec in Second Corinthians Paul talks about we with all with unveiled faces enter into the into the inner sanctum of God and we walk around and we can engage in that light. And when I when I yeah. when people look at you when people look at you, like when all of us here on staff, you know, look at you, interact with you, you're like, that's what that, that's mm. what that verse means. You embody that. Mm. And to hear your story of how you've gotten to the, you know, I think is an encouragement to people who aren't there yet. Yeah. And who, who are thinking to themselves, I'm in this fog. I have no idea where you're at, God. I want to rail against you. And here's your, here's your testimony standing on the other side of that saying, don't give up. No. Don't give up. Don't, Mm-mm. don't don't rail against him, lean in against him kind of thing. Yeah. Just lean in. And so, um, you know, this is that now what kind of portion of the, of the conversation of, but what do you tell, what do you want to tell someone who feels like they're in that fog? Mm -hmm. What would be, what would, what would be some, what would be some things that you'd, that you'd want them to know? Yeah, I would, because I've been I've been back to that place. Maybe I wouldn't say fog. I feel like I've been back to the place where I felt like the seas were raging. If you want to use a different analogy, and I couldn't see my way through, yeah. you know, couldn't see the next step, and you know, who's gonna make a way through this kind of thing? But I would say that in 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 those seasons, and when you when you feel like that, my your mm, how do I say this? God's faithfulness and His kindness and His his steadfast love for us is not connected to our emotional state. Um, and I don't know if this is just a woman thing or if men need to hear this too, but yes, men need to hear this too. <laughs> I'm chiming in, but like so much we can, we can, we can invest so much time in connecting our emotional state with our spiritual life. Like if I don't feel mm-hmm. good about God today, then he must then I'm then I better question him or doubt like his love for me. If I if I am if circumstances have left me feeling grief or feeling anger or feeling betrayed, then God must be, and he's just like my who he is is not connected to my emotional state. He just is. Yeah. Period. Like he is fill in the blank with his attributes. Yeah. Put the period, and then recognize that it's it's. It's me who's riding the crashing wave. Like I'm the one crashing <laughs> up and down. He's the one in control of them. Yeah. You know, and so that's I think part of what I found in his word. It's that steadiness of he is, he is, he is, he is. And it's this this constant truth that cuts straight through all of the emotions and circumstances that I'm gonna face every day. So like I have felt the deep hurt of betrayal and felt the the pain of of loss but he is good he is for me he is my rock he is and and you know we've talked about this before i don't know that and i can't hold on to that if i'm not literally anchored in that on a regular day-to-day basis and so i will continue to read the bible cover to cover (laughs) until you take until you can't until you can't read it anymore and then you're probably gonna have somebody (laughs) read it to you be like nay I can't, exactly. I can't see him anymore. Can you read them to me? Absolutely. Thank goodness for technology that can do that. For I've told Nate, I'm like, if I lose my mind and like, you know, dementia sets in, you have to put me in home. I'm like, you know how people just like say random things. I'm like, I, it's my, if I could just be like randomly quoting scripture to people, 
So fantastic. <laughs> Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> oh, great. That's... Here comes that preaching lady down the hallways in her slippers. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. Like, that's kind of funny. But no, seriously. I mean, that's what I would want to say somebody. Just wherever, whatever you feel like, let yourself be wrapped up in the truth of who he is. That's really good. That's really good. You know, there's, I, it's, you live it, you know, I, I just, I, I know I'm saying it over again, but you live it out. And I think my personal interaction with that was, uh, and I, and I know I've shared this with you before, but I'm going to share it with everybody listening. Um, you know, we were in the, we were on a mission trip together in the DR mm-hmm. and you know, I, I don't remember if you were going through some rocky times, but I know I was going through some, some, some raging, deep, nasty waters and there, you know, mission trips are cool because it galvanizes the group and it just open, it just creates this space of open vulnerability and transparency and re, where God can really just touch your, grip your heart in a really cool way. In the most seemingly mundane conversation or interaction, there can, there can be received a word from him through someone else. And you said something to the effect of, no matter how nasty the waters are, always, always remember his promises. Go back to his promises. Remind yourself of his promise. You can say this about yourself in this world, but then go to his world and say, he is this, he is that. Mm -hmm. And you're a a living embodiment of that. Hmm. And I I just think that that is, uh, you know, that for me personally, I I know what that did for me and, you know, what it, what it, and how that has helped uh, in, you know, talking with others and navigating my own life. And so, um, I just wanted everybody out there today to hear your story because I think it's just so cool to hear how you were raised, the image of your of your of your dad praying every day and the way in which he walked and then your mom sitting in the chair every day and here you are, right, sitting in your own chair doing trying to do it your best way so that you can model it for your kids and I mean the who knows what those two rascals are going to grow up, grow up as uh, you're leaving a legacy that your parents gave you. And I just think that that is just so cool. Yeah. I pray for that. Uh, right. How? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this has been a really good conversation. Mm, thanks. No, no. We all thank you. <laughs> oh, well, praise God for what he can do with all of our messes. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great conversation, Sarah. Thanks, Scott. Good to be here. Okay. Take care, Wannabe Nation. See you next time. <laughs>